Welcome one and all to episode 75 of the DC Comics News Podcast. I'm your host uh, today, Brad Flicky, and uh, with me on this little adventure is Kelly Gaines. Say hi, Kelly. Hello, everybody. And the amazing Steve J. Ray. Steve, say hello. Hello there. It's been a few weeks since we talked uh, news. We've had a lot of interviews and cool special guests lately, so now we're back on the news track. Um, We're going to start off with a bit of news from the convention uh, world. Uh, First up is that DC has announced a virtual con called uh, fandom uh, and that has been uh, officially announced for August 22nd uh, Kelly what do you think of this my first thought when I saw the title fandom was like some kind of wrestling match so I'm really excited that this is what it is instead um, this sounds so fun I uh, yeah I mean I, I'm getting into all the online experiences at this point because I'd you know, where I am, things aren't open up again. And even when they do open, I don't know that I'm going to be that excited to go outside. So the more online fan content, the better. And it's really exciting to see, you know, we're going to see footage, um, a lot of new announcements, professionals talking. So it's kind of like a DC exclusive convention, which is really, really cool. So I'm pumped. And I do want to know where they're heading with the Batman at this point. Uh, Steve, what do you think? Exactly the same. Even when conventions do start up again, it's obviously going to cause a little bit of anxiety amongst a lot of fans because it's a huge amount of people in a confined space and it's still not completely safe out there, despite what people may think. So the fandom, oh man, as soon as I got the invite from DC in my email, I jumped on. I was a little bit naughty. I tagged in some of the interviews I've done and I requested some one-on-ones and fingers crossed we might get some so DC Comics News and Dark Knight News will definitely be represented there as a, as an outlet and some of the things they've got planned the rooms the the kids events the fact that creators can send in some art and it'll be judged and talked about it's great it's such a cool idea obviously it's going to be tricky with the uh, timings because obviously it's going to be all done at, on us times uh, over the day but uh, i'm going to be on there for as long as i possibly can massive hugely happy great idea and uh, hey kelly there's nothing wrong with a bit of wrestling being a huge wwe fan this is so <laughs> They could have called it Comics Mania or, or, or the Royal royal Crumble or something sillier than Fandome. So Fandome, yeah, get me under it, keep me away from the rain, and show me lots of great comic stuff. Woo-hoo. Brad, what did you make of it? Yeah, I think this is going to be a very cool event. Um, it, uh, the way DC is presenting it, a word that pops into my head is confident. Like they know that they're going to have a good, a good event, and they know how to pull it off, and that is going to be the key to this, I think, because you know, Kelly, as you were saying, you, you don't even know if you're going to want to go out so much after everything opens up. So I think that these virtual conventions, I think that it's going to be uh, definitely something that's going to happen uh, kind of often. I don't think they're going to replace normal comic cons, but I think that. 
these will happen more frequently. And it's going to be cool to watch over time as they get refined and, and perfected. And I think this is going to be like, uh, if, they, if they pull it off like they seem to be able to do it, it's going to be like a major jump in evolution of these type of events. And I'm, I'm excited. And I'm so hoping that we get a little Suicide Squad footage. How cool would that be? Um, I'm yeah. not so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not so optimistic about the Batman footage, but hopefully we'll learn at least more about what's going on um, in the production wise, you know, if it's, it, you know, cause by August, hopefully, you know, things will be back up and running. So, so hopefully we'll, you know, hear more about that. And I'm, I'm really, uh, curious about these comic announcements because like, I, I, I think I talked about this last week that I'm really curious about what DC's got planned. They seem to be really putting some things you know, on on the front burner about what's going to be happening in the DC universe, and I'm really kind of hungry for information for it. So yeah, I think this is going to be really cool, and I think that now um, also Steve, like you were saying how you know they they included things for young kids, and and DC's been really good about that, uh, making the DC universe appeal to as wide a, as a community as possible, and I think that that that's a perfect example. So yeah, I'm 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 psyched for this. And, and it's not we'll get so, some Wonder Woman news. The film being yes. pushed back to October. Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll see a bit more Wonder Woman too. Woohoo! Exciting. Yep, yep, uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, and not so happy news, though. We learned uh, that Emerald City Comic Con, Keystone Comic Con, and PAX West have all uh, been canceled. Which I'm sure it's not really a surprise to anyone. Uh, Kelly, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but I think we all did kind of see it coming. Um, you know, it's it's just not safe to have people packed into a convention right now. And I I think I've, I've said this before, but conventions, I mean, Brad, you've seen New York Comic Con. It is impossible to, to mm-hmm. you can't even get in line for the bathroom, much less find yeah. the line because the entire building is a crowd. Um, Try and, walking through the exhibit floor. Yeah, it's nearly yeah, impossible. Exactly. <laughs> It's and I I think all of my videos from that weekend are just a sea of heads. So it makes sense that things are getting canceled. Um, it is really unfortunate, but if we can keep up with online conventions and online fan interaction, that's you know it's at least something. It's something fun that people can do. And if we're in a position where you know maybe you can have a bunch of friends over and all watch the same things and see the same announcements at once, so it doesn't necessarily. I mean. It, no one's going to stop me from putting on a Wonder Woman costume in my own house. So, you know, it's it doesn't have to be super depressing. And I think uh, at the very least with the announcement that we just had, we know that companies are trying. DC is trying. Um, and it does. Uh, Keystone, I went to last year. It's here in Philly. And that one bums me out a little bit more only on the grounds that it's such a new convention. And I know two years ago, they kind of we're still getting their bearing, getting the word out. And last year seemed to be the first year that there was a really, you know, heavy attendance. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, still not that popular, but it's at this point, I'm kind of like, huh, I hope in the future they'll be able to bounce back a little bit more strongly because they definitely have been putting a lot of effort into getting out there. Um, and I think it's actually supposed to be somewhat at some point more of an overflow convention for New York Comic Con. Um or at least that was the idea that so many people on the East Coast want to go to New York. So if there's one in Philly a few months earlier, 
that's just as big, you know, it kind of, or you might just get 300,000 people at both, who knows. But um, yeah, I mean, this is unfortunate, but we'll have something. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, something's better than nothing. And the DC one is like totally up our alleys because that, that's the company we love the most, even though we're huge fans of, of just about anything that's that's um, fandom related. The DC one's probably our main point of interest. But the thing is as well, with, with Keystone and with uh, the Emerald City, I knew that was coming. The writing was on the wall because Reed Pop um run basically half the uk conventions um almost everything run here is run by them and one other company so they cancelled all their uk um things right up to october so i knew that was coming and and oof it does make me worry for a new york comic con as well and it's put a kibosh on us booking our tickets to new york for this year as well so unless there's new soon it might have to be 2021 before i meet and hug you guys but that's probably going to be safest anyway so i'll take that as a silver <laughs> lining that when we do get together we'd all be hail hearty and this whole corona thing would have gone the way of the dodo so yeah it's sad two more conventions bite the dust but hey we've got the fandom to look forward to and uh, long may it rain what about you brad what do you make of this uh yeah i i i knew this was gonna happen and um i you know i'm such a nerd but new york comic-con is like a focus point of my year that is like the weekend of all weekends it is like the whole year leads up to that um and having said that I kind of wish that they would pull the, just pull the plug on it. And I know this isn't Keystone or Emerald City, but I, I just don't think that any of these cons are going to be able to 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 work this year. And I I hate to think of people spending money to try to get tickets and book hotel rooms just to have just to have it you know be canceled. So I just wish that we could all accept it. And just uh, you know, try to move on to 2021. Um, and as far as Ooh, Pax West, up, Brad. <laughs> what's that? I felt like a breakup for a second. It's like, huh, move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I believe me, I hate the fact that thinking that I would have to wait over a year. So I remember when um, uh, New York Comic Con started. It was in in February every year. It was like around Mardi Gras. And the year that they announced that it would be in October instead of February, and instead of having to wait a year, you'd have to wait like a year and a half. I was so bummed out into thinking <laughs> that I, I might have to wait, a, you know, like it, it'll, by the time it rolls around again, it will be like two years. And it just, but, but we've, we have been through so much as a country, as a planet that. I, I I don't even know anymore right now as far as this goes. Just like take a rest and still spend that time to do these virtual cons and and you know and rethink things. Um, but yeah, I just I just don't see how any of these cons are going to go off. And as far as PAX West, um, you know, it might be it might be a long shot, but the one on a DC level that kind of bumps me out 
on that is simply that it, it, it could have had news about the new possible Batman game that they've been teasing for so long, which would have been kind of cool to see finally, especially when we're going to be getting new to consoles uh, later this year. So that was, you know, kind of a missed opportunity, I guess, if that could have happened then. But yeah, man, uh, God, next year, though, it's going to be so nice to get back to cons, I think, for everybody. And moving on, we're going to move to uh, some movie news. Uh, we got our first look at the Snyder Cut uh, through a teaser uh, trailer. Got a little glimpse of Darkseid. Uh, Kelly, what do you think? Oh, this is so exciting. I There's a part of me that still can't believe it's actually happening. Um, but it is. And it just... I, I'm very, very interested, and it, it makes me hopeful to see that we're going to get to see what this movie could have been. Um, you know, and even it, hinting at a villain like Darkseid, if that had happened in the original Justice League movie, I think I would have liked it a little bit more, because I, I remember my feeling when I watched it being, uh, Steppenwolf's not that cool. He looks visually an awful lot like... Um, Aries that we just saw in Wonder Woman. So it was just, I I was very underwhelmed. But if there'd been a little nugget of dark side in there, I would have been like, oh, okay, this is just step one. But it sort of, it, you know, it, it rose to a not all that exciting height and then kind of dropped back down. Um, and this footage is just, it, it, it's so exciting it's like getting water in the desert almost after all this time we're finally going to see what might have been um so yeah this is this is just awesome steve what do you think exciting is the word i could not have put it better myself and what really really bugged me with the version of justice league we got was that it was clear as night and day which were the scenes finished by Zack snyder and which were the ones that were reshot and added in by Warner Brothers. And just by this little snippet with Diana in the cave, seeing Darkseid's countenance on the wall and noting that that battle scene, which originally contained Steppenwolf um, in the version we got, is Darkseid. And it was, again, this one trailer is Zack Snyder. Whatever it said on the opening and closing credits for the Justice League theatrical cut, that was not a Zack Snyder film. And this trailer just makes it so glaringly obvious. The atmosphere, the mood, the tension, the music, and, and seeing him standing there with his staff ready to kick 18,000 kinds of ass um, to retrieve a mother box is just, it's a thing of beauty. But it also adds more anxiety because Honestly, after all this petitioning and the fact we're getting this film now, it had bloody well better be good because if it isn't, a lot of people are going to have eggs on their faces. But if this trailer is anything to go by, yep, Kelly, you're right. Callum, me excited. What did you make, Brad? Yeah, I agree with you, Steve, that it's it better be good or there's going to be a lot of egg on faces. Uh, I There's something, though, that I... I since Seth isn't with us today, I'll have to be the voice of hope and say that I don't think that Warner Brothers would agree to release it if they didn't know that they had something pretty special on their hands. So that's where my mind is right now. So, um, and this trailer certainly didn't 
shake my faith at all. I think it was it was uh, you know it was pretty cool. I mean, it was you know simple, quick look of dark side, like a drawing of dark side that Diana looks at, but um, it's it's very cool. Dark side is so. Yeah, I'm still I'm still excited about this, and I I do think that uh, it, it's it's going to be good, and I think that fans are going to like it. So, uh, fingers crossed. And moving on in other movie news, uh, Batman artist uh, Jorge Jimenez, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct, uh, is going to be the subject of uh, a hour-long documentary on the DC streaming service. And by the time you are listening to this, it should already be up on DC Universe. So go ahead and uh, watch it. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of this? Yeah, I'll have to go see that. Um, it, I mean, one, good for him. I, I think I would lose my mind if there was an hour-long documentary about any aspect of my life. But to be able to um, share sort of your your history and your build-up and how you got to you know, an awesome job like being the artist of Batman and your journey as a creative person would be really, really fun, I think. Um, and it's it's one of the things I like a lot about DC Universe. They tend to have a lot of um, kind of be- behind the scenes, one-on-one talks with creators or li- even little mini documentaries um, that make it, it just, it makes the entire comic book community and and also the comics industry accessible in a way that I don't think we see all the time in the sense that you get to know a lot of creators personally and you get to know a lot about what goes into their artwork and what goes into their process and what made them fans in the first place and then when you watch it as a fan um, you know it's kind of cathartic and nice to be able to put a face to you know this is the person drawing this thing that has me running back to the store every week or I guess digitally now but um yeah i i will definitely check this out steve what do you think you all know what a complete ultra nerd i am when it comes to comic book artists you you heard it with with liam sharp when we talked to him a few weeks back you heard it with scott mcdaniel a couple of weeks ago as well Uh, i'm a huge mark for great comics art and jorge jimenez is just awesome his designs the fact that he's been given a whole slew of covers leading up to the joker with his design work on them is it's testament to his ability as both a designer and a storyteller because he's one of those artists who's great as both and um when it comes to the man himself i'm doubly pleased because he's one of a whole slew of amazing genius comic book artists who are killing it in the state who are from spain from my home country so it just fills me with a sense of national pride too we've got him we've got Alvaro martinez on, on justice league dark he started on detective and batman eternal ralph fernandez um michael janin who michael janin as many people call him who did amazing work on batman too carmen carnero who, who's done great stuff with gotham city garage and is now at marvel and it just makes me swell with pride that these dudes who grew up up, um, around about the same time I did it, if not a little bit later, reading the comics in Spain, uh, which oftentimes were translated and lost a little something in, in being so, still inspired them to go ahead and make their dreams come true. And they're killing it 
in America with the characters they love. And to see this documentary with him um, loving the character of Superman and, and being so amazed that he's got to draw him, it's just brilliant. It's so cool to see that these guys are fans just like we are. So, yeah, the second I get a chance to watch this documentary in full, I am going to be right there. Superb. Enhorabuena, Jorge. Congratulations. Brad, what did you make of it? Yeah, I think this is a very cool thing, and I hope that they I hope that they make more. Uh, hopefully, this one will be a success, and they can go out and uh, give us insight into other artists and writers. I think one of the the things that I love so much about comics and comic culture is the fact that people in the in like Jorge's. Um, level they're so accessible they are fans just like we are and yeah. it is a complete level playing field nobody's cooler than anybody else they are completely accessible and these documentaries are you know can be a great way to show that and it is so much fun to see you know uh what got them into art and how they approach the craft and it it's a fascinating thing and it is just such a bonding thing because you know we are all fans and you know like how excited you know he is to draw superman something like that that's something that every comic fan can absolutely relate to there's something so so pure about it you know nobody nobody uh gets into comics to meet girls like they get into bands and things like that you know so it's just it's it's just it's a, such a wonderful community and the and things like this documentary definitely highlight that so uh, i think this is a very very cool thing and moving on to uh tv and streaming news we got a final trailer for doom patrol season two uh kelly what do you think of this i am so excited for doom patrol season two um it's it, everything about that show is just so beautifully done. Even the gross parts, even the the weird donkey butt parts are just, it's it's just such an interesting and fun show. And th- these trailers look amazing. I think season two should, if not surpass season one, at least keep us on par with what we were expecting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, this just looks amazing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm and I think we talked about this a little bit last week, looking at that first trailer, um, everything about this, uh, sort of this arc that it's taking and, and Dorothy. And I I think Steve mentioned before the show that there's going to be butterflies. I mean, I'm, I'm just excited. Uh, Steve, what'd you think? Butterflies is right. That's exactly what I got when I saw them in the posters advertising. (laughs) So I thought, oh, are they bringing in the character I think they're going to bring in? And boy, did they. You guys are in for a treat because in just five short days time, DC Universe is going to drop the first three episodes in one hit. And obviously for us as press, um, they, they've given us those three episodes five days early to view and review. Uh, they've lifted the embargo. They've let us post the reviews now. So um, 
I try and be as spoiler free or spoiler light as I possibly can. But honestly, this trailer we're talking about right now probably drops more hints and gives more stuff away if you know what you're looking for than anything I've written in the reviews. But like I said, Kelly, season one blew my mind. It was one of the highlights of 2019, along with Watchmen for me. Absolute genius piece of TV. Wacky, irreverent, crazy. Much like the Harley Quinn animated series, it's genius psychology deep stuff family relationships betrayal disguised as wacky far out donkey farting um orgasms on the street a sentient um alleyway that, that that's alive and and everything else that goes with it um brilliant uh season two has started off very strong the first three episodes totally live up to the hype and oh i can't wait to talk to people about this show the second you see episodes one two and three hit me up because i need to talk to everyone about this brilliant piece of tv brad what did you make of the trailer my friend yeah i i've said this before about this specific show um i i love living at a time when we can have not only a Doom Patrol show, but a Doom Patrol show that tries to be as weird and wacky and out there as the comics that it's based on. And the fact that it succeeds is just even more incredible. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely excited. All the stuff that seems to be going on with Dorothy seems really cool. So, yeah, I think uh, I, I think this season's gonna going to blow us away. So, yeah, I'll... Uh, I'm I'm definitely definitely psyched for uh, for what's coming next. And we have another TV streaming news story. Uh, Shane Chavon has been promoted to a series regular on season six of Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of this? I do have to admit I haven't seen Legends of Tomorrow, um, but that does sound really cool. Um, and actually, just reading this article, I I almost got lost kind of in the the killed off and resurrected cycle that seems to be happening here. Um, but someone becoming a series regular, even you know at season six in a show, it means that whatever story they have behind them is going to get further fleshed out. Um, so yeah, if, if this is related to a character that has been killed off and brought back and killed off and brought back. Um, the regularity sounds to me like a really positive thing. Um, but again, I, I haven't seen the show, so I don't have a ton of input there. But also really good for him. Um, DC is the place to be right now as far as getting involved in any kind of a franchise. So that has to be really, really exciting. Steve, what do you think? Uh, I'm a huge fan of Legends of Tomorrow. Again, it's one of those series. It's like um, a PG-13 or family-friendly-ish version of doom patrol because they, they go nuts in this program from giant um stuffed toys fighting demons and everything else but uh originally yes the character and his parents were were killed and that led to zari uh, the modern age version of the classic comic book character isis um becoming a hero in the first place but when time was changed um in a very flashpoint kind of way at the end of the last season um he was the main character with the uh the gemstone that gives him a power over air and um, <laughs> zori was uh, relegated to being like a a kardashian type of character which is something i am not into in any way shape or form which is funny for her because obviously she played a 
brilliant character, completely different to the one she'd been playing up until that point. But sadly, um, though I'm very pleased for him and he, he's getting a, a regular status, I, I'm not a fan of his character. I do much prefer Zari in the role. But hey, you know, um, good for him. I hope he does really well. And let's see what the next season brings us. But I'm not a massive fan of his character, if I'm honest. Brad, what did you make of the story? Yeah, I'm... I'm kind of in the same boat as kelly is with this and i'm not quite caught up uh with with the show so um i you know when i I, when i would get caught up i'd have a stronger opinion but steve that's interesting that you said that you didn't really care for the character um these decisions like who becomes a series regular sometimes i wonder how much is it you know the writers deciding what to do with the story or the viewers' responses to particular characters. So, you know, I'm not sure exactly what the case was with this character, but I, you know, I, I, I am happy that, you know, for the actor that they got promoted to series regular, because this show, Steve, like you were saying, it is quirky and fun, and it gives, uh, for a, for a big network show, it does give actors a lot to work with, and everybody seems like they're having so much fun on the show. So it's good that he gets to to stick around and and stay apart and with that uh we're gonna take a quick break to pay some bills and hear uh some ads but we will be uh right back with some comic book news and a little other news as well so stick around and we'll be right back first there was the dc comics news podcast then came the spinner rack and now the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us, right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Why, hello there. 
I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and battle me, Nards. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. (laughs) Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. And welcome back to episode 75 of the DC Comics News uh, Podcast. Uh, I am your host, uh, Brad Flicky. With me today is uh, Kelly Gaines and Steve J. Ray. So uh, we've talked uh, TV streaming news, movie news, con news. So now we're going to move on to what brings us all here originally, and that is uh, comic book news. Uh, We learned that uh, Free Comic Book Day is returning as a nine-week event uh, from July through uh, early September. And we also learned that the Generation Zero Gods Among Us planned Free Comic Book will uh, will not be uh, a part of it, unfortunately. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of this? This headline has to have made me the happiest that any headline ever made me just at a glance. Um, free comic book day yep. lasting nine weeks, right? Like that, that is the best news I've ever heard. Uh, and I mean, this lineup looks incredible. And it's, I mean, you guys know free comic book day is Christmas essentially for comic book nerds. This is the thing that apart from actual comic con, this is the other thing that you wait for all year. And it's also, I, I think, one of the big building blocks of just individual comic book communities, because I can remember going to, you know, my old favorite store back home, and there would be a line out the door. Some years they would have tables out in the parking lot, so while you were walking or waiting to go into the store, you could just, you know, peruse tables, look at back issues. It was like a miniature Comic Con, but with a lot of extra free stuff. Um, yeah, all of this looks awesome. And nine weeks, I think if we're talking about having a a little bit of a hopeful bump and a little bit of a morale booster in the world in general right now, this is the way to do it. I am so excited. Steve, what'd you think? Best news ever. What free comics every Wednesday for three months. It's like I've died and gone to heaven. This is like made everything coronavirus related worth it. What? How much? Where? <laughs> Who? Ah, yes. Can it start now, please? I don't want to wait till July. I want free comics. Give me my free comics. <sighs> no, seriously. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed there's only one DC title now, but the fact of the one they're dropping, mm, like I didn't see that coming. As soon as the Dio was out the door, I thought this whole generation things was going to go with him because of the initial fan reaction to it. But... Have you guys read Death Metal 1 yet? 
I'm still waiting on mine in the mail. Oh, have you um, seen yeah. the, the covers for Death Metal 2? No, no? I think I've just one. I, yeah, yeah, you, I don't think I have either. You've read Doomsday Clock, though, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, a certain um, doctor from a large part of New York is on the cover of issue two, and every character mm-hmm. virtually from the cover of the uh, the Generation Zero book has appeared in issue one. So, methinks that Senor Snyder is literally just absorbing the stuff that was going to be in the free comic into his metal event, because, again, the way he's described metal isn't how the original metal was he said this is tying up dc's history and continuity which is exactly how they touted the generation zero book we were going to get for free so i'm not that disappointed because it's actually going to be part of a much bigger major storyline which has already started off seriously strong so um this is good news all round. Lots of free comics every week for three months, and the Generation Zero, Zero thing's been absorbed into something we can put our grubby little mitts on straight away. I am the happiest I've been since, I don't know, the last time the cat brought me something that wasn't dead. So amazing. <laughs> really, really happy about that. Brad, what do you make of it? I think this is kind of a brilliant idea. Because one of the whole purposes of Free Comic Book Day is to get people into comic shops. But that's only one day. Now people have reason to come back to the shops for nine whole weeks. And hopefully that'll bring people back in and they'll say, hey, oh, this book's out now. It wasn't out last week. This looks cool. Let me pick it up. And it, it, it could potentially help comic shops that are suffering so much right now because it is going to get people in the stores because comic free comic book day is a huge deal i mean even i'm originally from ohio and you wouldn't think that necessarily free comic book day would make news in northeast ohio but it does there's uh, pictures in the newspaper of people waiting outside for the free comics and you know i i just hope they kind of advertise this because yeah like i said i think it could get people into shops over multiple weeks and that's really cool and as far as uh i gotta say steve i'm i'm, I'm less bummed now than i was because you're telling me what's happening in the pages of death metal because i was I was really curious about what this whole generation initiative was, uh, especially because I had ju- I've just recently finished Doomsday Clock. So uh, and I realized last. Yeah, I, I think I, I probably gave away a little too many spoilers when I talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, but I can not tell you how blown away I was by the end of issue 12 uh, when when there's when you start talking about things that are coming down the line uh, let's just put it that way and I, I think that from what I recall one of those things that they they did kind of hint about the whole Wonder Woman being the first character like the first hero and I thought that that was a cool lead into Generations. And I thought, well, oh, now that's and now that's just going to be completely done and not talked about. So this is good. So this is good that, that, that they still have this um, whole plan for the DC Universe. Because those things get me excited to read comics. The what's coming down the pike, the how they set things up. 
and uh, right now, you know, the DC universe is a pretty fun place for that between things like death metal and uh, and Joker War. So it is. So I'm I'm, I'm glad that you told me this that that hasn't kind of you know gone out the window so i'm very very happy about that now I'm, I'm, that that stings less but um i'm here for my brother anytime yeah <laughs> but i i uh i i'm definitely going to try to get every issue these nine weeks not that you need to you know twist my arm to go into a comic shop every week but um yeah I'm, i will definitely try to get all these issues my son yeah. took me to the comic shops on um friday because it's father's day tomorrow in the uk and being back in a comic shop for the first time since february oh it was lovely yeah midtown comics is opening on monday and i'm gonna have to make a trek in because i'm still working from home so i'm gonna have to make a trek into the city special just to go just to go back in it's like it'll be like <laughs> like going home again <laughs> I honestly it is so it was so yeah. great it was lovely yeah yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And uh, moving on with the comic news, uh, DC. Speaking of death metal, uh, DC has pulled a Warren Ellis uh, story because of some allegations that have come to light recently. Kelly, what'd you think of this? This is really disappointing, and it, it makes me sad in the sense that I mean, I, I can honestly say that. I wouldn't be a writer if it wasn't for some of the mentors that I've had. Um, And just from these allegations that it's, you know, women that he mentored, women that he helped get into the industry, um, you know, but from a young age kind of pushed some boundaries, seemed like a teacher, seemed like a friend, and then dropped them. And that it's... it seems like it's a lot of women saying this. I mean, that it just kind of breaks my heart because I, I think I owe so much of what I've learned about writing, about comic books, about everything to some really, really strong people who helped me out and were genuinely interested in, in just making the industry better, helping people who wanted to learn how to write or wanted to learn how to be a part of things. Um, and I, I just, I can't, imagine how hurtful it, it it would be for one of those people that I look up to to turn around and start crossing weird boundaries and especially at an age where you don't necessarily know where the weird boundaries are um it, the the whole story just makes me bad I guess and um and and on top of that there's you know backlash that you'll see on parts of the internet claiming that women get into comics through, you know, certain venues of, you know, basically using their sexuality. And the fact that someone might have been out there using their their status and their position um, and their knowledge to kind of put girls, and, and I'm, I'm at this point, I mean, it's 16 is girls, not even women yet, um, to put them in a position where you have to deal with that kind of discomfort and deal with what's really going on here. And am I even talented? Was I even, you know, what was this if it wasn't what I thought it was? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get why they would pull the story. And Batman versus a Robo T-Rex sounds like a really cool story. But it's, I mean, yeah, this whole thing just breaks my heart. Steve? 
it makes me angry. Uh, it, it just really boils my blood. It's an abuse of power, an abuse of privilege. And as a parent, as a teacher, as a mentor myself, it just disgusts me um, to think of, like you beautifully put, Kelly, these ladies put their trust and faith in him and he big them up and made them um, think and, and believe that their talents were, were there of their own but it was literally just so he could get his own way with them that is disgusting and they pulled his comic good uh, in some ways even though i was a huge fan of his work and that's what hurts even more um i i personally don't know if i can ever pick up one of his books again because it's it's disgusting it's wrong it shouldn't happen and he's not the only one the other names have come up too um both dc comics news and dark knight news have stopped reviewing a book by another writer um uh, for similar allegations and one of which again like ellis he is uh, admitted to and it just taints the art it taints um everything they've produced because i was a fan of both these men i thought they wrote some great stuff and now I can't look at their work the same way again, if at all and ever. So get someone else to write that story. B-Rex is introduced in the first issue of uh, Death Metal, and he's great. Think of the the T-Rex in Batman's cave, but wearing a Batman costume and having an aspect of Batman's personality. And um, (laughs) that's all I'm going to say on that matter, because that's what B-Rex is, and it's a thing of joy. So Warren Ellis, disappointing very very disappointed brad yeah this one hurts oh man um three of my favorites are neil gaiman alan moore garth ennis and right right underneath that is warren ellis i have been a fan of his writing for years and this really hurts that he would abuse his power um yeah and steve like you're saying it makes you angry too um i don't blame dc for pulling it uh they did the right thing and i you know i don't know like you were saying if you if i could ever pick up another of his books um but you know uh, these allegations when it's somebody's work that you had before respected it just it, it makes it that much worse and your heart goes out to to his victims as well it's just it's it's just like come on man when when are we gonna get it get it together guys it's just uh, it's just so disappointing so you know absolutely disappointing um but you know and the sad thing is is that it probably won't be the last these these allegations come out all the time yeah and you don't know who it's going to be next and uh, you know and thank i am very thankful though that we are in uh, in a place in culture right now where they are getting called out for it um so at least that you know that is is a good thing so that hopefully you know we you know the, the whole culture can can change and and get you know be something be something better but yeah that was that's that's that was rough to read and moving on to uh happier stories um dc is reviving an old comic book tradition by uh bringing up the walmart first four packs uh kelly what do you think of this 
this is a really great idea. I honestly, I wish it came out a few years ago because going back when I was living at home, going to Walmart was just one of the things I did if I had nothing else to do. It was so close to my house and I would just wander around. And now I'm like, huh, there could have been comics there. And that would have been awesome. Um, but yeah, this I it sounds like a really good idea. It is interesting that the Walmart first issues are going to be out with such a big time gap before they're even potentially available to um, to direct retailers. But in any case, um, yeah, this, I think this is a good way to get more people reading comics because I, as, as someone who used to just, even in high school, just be a Walmart loiterer because the mall wasn't cool anymore, but Walmart was cool. Um, it, <laughs> It's it's something where, you know, you roam up and down the aisles, you look at all of the ridiculous nonsense that you would never look at otherwise. I mean, I could probably name every type of car freshener that existed in 2015. Um, and, and this now, it, it puts comics in front of people. It puts it out there in a really accessible place because I, I, I've heard from friends who aren't really into comics yet but want to that there's still this kind of stigma that comic book stores can be a little bit intimidating for someone who is, is new or isn't really, you know, part of the fandom yet. So if there are four packs in Walmart, then that means more fans, more people getting comfortable with comics, more people checking it out that might not have otherwise. And um, yeah, I mean, if, if kids are anything like I was when I was a kid, there is always something that I'm going to pick up off the shelf and be like, mom, I need it. So it's, I mean, yeah, this, this is really, really interesting and good news. Steve? I, I'm really going to miss the 100-page Giants because Brad and I are great fans of those, um, particularly the Swamp Thing Giant, which I now have to finish the story in digital form. But like you say, getting packs of comics, four of them for under 10 bucks, where they'd normally cost you, what, three, six, 12 bucks plus, to get those four comics individually. Um, hey, yeah, like you said, it's a way for people who might not be close to a comic book store, might have a slight anxiety about going into a comic book store, because I will say it, not my two local guys, my, my two local stores are fantastic to everybody who walks in through their doors, but some of them are still a little bit misogynistic. And they do treat certain fans better than others um some of them are uh, run by the grouchiest grumpiest least friendly human beings on earth unless you like the same stuff they like but hey you already know what i do to people like those i i um make them suffer and i win by succeeding and defeating them with truth and knowledge over their lack thereof so um the fact that supermarkets and walmarts can have four great books for a great price that kids can walk past see the name batman see the name superman see the name wonder woman and pick those up and take home four books that could inspire and delight them just the way we were when we had spinner racks in drugstores and and news agencies and stuff around the world too then it's a good thing but uh, yeah i'm gonna miss the 100 page giants but hey at least walmart are still getting comics to give to people that i'm gonna take as the silver lining what about you, Brad? What did you make of this? Yeah, I I miss the hundred page giant so much. Um, yes, you were, we're both big fans of those, uh, and especially the Swamp Thing. That's what got me into the giants in the first place. Um, but if these stories are as good 
uh, I'm, I'm all for it. And uh, and Kelly, like you were saying, it does kind of remind me of um, of a bygone era. And and Steve, you're talking about the Spinner X. I I discovered comics in Spinner X in pharmacies and like convenience stores. And I just like the idea that there there can be something like that now where a kid can be in a Walmart and say, oh, I'll check out comics and have it change their lives with, you know, it makes it easier than stepping into, like you were saying, a comic shop that can be intimidating. So, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, like I said, I, bottom line to me is, is if the stories are as good as 100-page giants, then then I'm I'm all in. And moving on in comic book news, uh, we uh, learned today that uh, the Milestone uh, line of comics is back on track for a revival. Uh, Kelly, what did you think of this? This so that this that uh, nine weeks of free comic book day was the title that made me the happiest ever. This is probably second place. Um, oh yeah. Right. Like I, I love Milestone Comics and it's it's something when I was a kid, the the Static Shock show was out and that was one of my favorite cartoons. And I didn't really know the history of Milestone Comics until I was an adult um, and even just picking up back issues in the store. And then eventually I uh, saw a documentary about sort of the forming and then the eventual ending of Milestone and I have so much respect for Dennis Cowan, um, the late Dwayne McDuffie, because it's it, that whole team, because they were such fighters um, from in the sense of giving their space in comics for there to be black representation and black creators um, and, and superheroes that weren't just the same faces and the same stories that we've been seeing. And they, they approached it in a way that was so perfect in, in the sense that, you know, it's, it, it tends to be a common thing if you have a team of superheroes or a team of anything. There's usually one black character and they're just the black character in, in the show or in the series. And Milestone seemed to approach everything from a sense that, yes, it is a, a whole universe of, you know, black characters and other characters of color as well as white characters. But there was no one monolith way of being or thinking. I think um, in the, the series Hardwire and Rocket, I believe it was, he's, you know, a diehard Republican and she's kind of a very liberal young female sidekick. And there's, you know, Static Shock was this teenager who, um, you know, had it dealing with normal teenage issues and then at the same time was also coming into his superpowers. Um, you know, they handled things like gay and lesbian rights. They handled so much in those stories for the short amount of time that they existed. And it's such a tragedy that they ended when they did in the way they did. And then with the passing of Dwayne McDuffie, it, that makes it even sadder. Um, and I knew there was supposed to be a relaunch and then it didn't happen for some reason. And now looking at it, it looks like there was a lawsuit but it just makes me so happy and proud that that Dennis Cowan is someone who has just pushed for this and, you know, hasn't backed down, hasn't given up, has been such a strong voice in, you know, the comic book world and in DC comics. And 
I, uh, yeah, this just, this makes me so ridiculously happy. And this is the perfect time for this. Um, you know, it's, we're in the middle of what hopefully will be a big social change in the United States um, and globally. And if there are more people able to pick up a story and understand that maybe the stereotypes that they've grown up with or seen or heard from their parents aren't always the story and rarely are the story, that's really, really good. And I think Milestone is a very poignant way to do that. Um, yeah, I this makes me ridiculously happy. Steve? Everything Kelly just said. You are so right. Milestone Comics were so ahead of their time. The, the issues they, they purported, while still being brilliant, action-packed, entertaining comic books, was just fantastic. When they ended, ah, oh, it was... It, it was one of the things I'm, I'm still reading about, just like the, the, the demise of Vertigo. It was wrong for them to end how and when they did. And then when they were announced that it was coming back in, in 2015, again, I was dancing in one of my patented Steve Ray jigs of joy. And then it didn't happen. And because of ownership rights and creative rights and this, that and the other and all legalities. But Dennis Cowaner said that's been resolved to everyone's satisfaction. They're definitely coming back. And like you so eloquently put, it could not be at a better time with the horrific stuff that's happening in the U.S. right now because of that bright orange, useless waste of skin of a president of yours. Um, the this is happening now is perfect timing. I cannot wait to read the new stuff. I'll probably subscribe to every single title because it's just going to be more brilliant comics with a fresh, brilliant take, a new perspective and stuff, stuff that people need to read and embrace. Because at the end of the day, we are one race of people. We are human beings. We all live. We all breathe. We all suffer. We all laugh. We all cry. And the sooner everyone realizes that everything that unites us, everything that makes us the same, far outweighs any petty, pathetic little differences that people choose to place in front of their own eyes because they're not real, then the happier and the better this world will be. And Milestone's going to be a, a great and entertaining and fantastic way of doing that fantastic news this isn't like a second piece of great happy news this is up there at the top this and, and a free comic book day listen um i want to give these people medals and hug them and love them forever this is fantastic brad what did you make of it man i can't follow you guys uh, up with much because you just you covered everything that i was going to say I, I i absolutely think this is the perfect time it could not happen at a better time um i'm so glad the legal stuff got fixed because i i've heard people ask questions at cons q a's about milestone for years and you know when they tried to revive it and everything people were really excited but i even think maybe even then it was a little bit ahead of its time and now time has caught up and the time is now for milestone comics and i also agree with you guys that this was a story, you know, one of the stories that made you the happiest when you read through the headlines. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think that uh, it, it is a great opportunity. And um, and I think the books are going to be uh, pretty popular as well. So I'm, I'm definitely excited. 
uh, to see what comes from this. And uh, moving on to another news story, uh, we're go- going to get uh, free souvenir playing cards with each issue of the three Jokers. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of this? I need this. I am such a sucker for small collectible things that will just take up space on my wall. And there is a spot on my bulletin board for these cards. I like, I, and it's such smart marketing because if you think it, the three jokers in and of itself is something that people have been dying for, for what is it, almost a year now, maybe more. And I I mean, yeah, this is just awesome. A a Joker playing card, a bunch of Joker playing cards. My one concern is, is this going to be a little bit more difficult to get than I think it will be? Because it's, it's, they said if, um, I believe if there's 25 books ordered, they'll get 25 cards, which, okay, so there's one per book. But I've definitely had the issue before of going into a shop and wanting, you know, whatever free thing was promised with a book and it's like oh well we have the book but rather the cards so I, I mean that makes me nervous but I will find one somewhere because this is just I mean okay so three really great happy pieces of news this is uh, Seth should be here this is a hopeful week Steve what do you think absolutely Seth Meister I hope you recover from your your little injury today uh, and falling off your bike or whatever else happened we miss you and this is the news you wanted to hear. It's all, well, basically, mostly all happy, happy, joy, joy news. And uh, Kelly, the three Jokers was first touted in Dark Side War in Justice League five years ago. Five years ago, before the rebirth. Wow. And the <laughs> fact we've been waiting this long. But at least, you know, at least we're going to get some lovely cards featuring the Joker and Batgirl and Red Hood and and Batman and oh I want them I want all the free shiny things I want to play with them I want to put them up on my wall I want to put them and use them as bookmarks and I want them and I want (laughs) every single one of them and listen as soon as I heard playing cards my mind went to the back cover of the original pressing of the killing joke where Brian Bolland put the Joker and Batman as, as two sides of the same card. And I kept flipping it and looking at it with Batman at the top, then flipping it and looking at the Joker at the top. And if I'm getting more of those with some more of the coolest characters ever, and we're finally, after five years, going to get the answers as to why there are three Jokers, or are there three Jokers? Is it just one Joker with three personalities? I don't know. I don't care. Give me the comics. Give me the Jeff Johns. Give me the Gary Frank. Give me the cards. Give me them now. <sighs> Brad, please save me. I'm <laughs> hyperventilating. Yeah. I agree with you guys. I'm definitely going to try to to get all these cards, and I'm so sick of waiting, <laughs> waiting for this book. I I, I really want to to uh, read it. Uh, and it's funny that you brought up the Killing Joke because uh, they've talked about comparisons to the Killing Joke for this book, so that even makes me more excited. And these playing cards are uh, a cool little you know souvenir to have along with the issue and like kelly i hope they're not hard to get i completely agree so i guess we will see when the first issue comes out i guess what i can say is get to your comic shop early on wednesday that it coming out if you want to get one of these cards uh and uh moving on in comic book news uh we uh got the news that dc is going to help promote hbo max 
with some custom comics. Uh, Kelly, what do you think about this? Eh, I mean, <laughs> I just there there was an ad running in. I think it might still be running in a lot of comic books for a while, and it was an ad for KFC, but it was like a Green Lantern Corps that was called the, the Colonel Corps. Um, and it was like a, a bunch of Colonel Sanders dressed as Green Lantern. And it was clearly an ad. But the first time I saw it, I remember being like, huh, OK, that's that's kind of funny. That's kind of neat. And now I've seen it in so many books. I'm like, OK, this is it, it. I mean, that's the feeling I'm getting from looking at these books. It looks like an an ad. And also, I there's just something I don't like. I, I don't like, you know, TV shows or books where they're so clearly trying to reference the product that they want you to get where, I mean, their names are Hector, Brian and Olivia for HBO and their dog Max. And it just feels kind of like a 1960s Scooby-Doo episode or, or, or you know, walk on character and something like that where they're just trying yes. to write like this is uh, I, I don't like it. And I think I actually saw something about it on on DC Universe the other day, too. And I just kind of scrolled right past it. So I was like, oh, it's just, uh. I and and I am nervous about what the, how this is going to shake out with DC Universe because I've gotten so into that. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I'm not a fan of the ad comic. I don't know who it's going to help. You? Hive mind. I looked at these <laughs> and I thought, oh damn, this is cheesier than a gorgonzola factory what the actual hell am i looking at here i mean yes the covers are stunning and anytime i can see jim lee or amanda connors it makes me happy but just the whole concept it sounds like just like you say scooby-doo or goober and the ghost chasers meets plastic man in a in a rain macintosh factory it's just what the actual hell are they thinking um the premises sound okay, but again, the whole thing with the names and, oh dear, HBO, mm, really? And the series is called To The Max. <sighs> Thank heavens this streaming service has some of the coolest content I've ever seen because the only thing this will appeal to um, is 10-year-olds. But, hey, I might be wrong. I might pick them up, read them and think, actually... Um, this is great. This is super fun. This is the kind of thing that should be out there like the Walmart four packs. But just on the sight of it, I'm cringing a little bit. So, yeah, I'm actually with you on this one, Kelly. I'd never thought I'd say no to anything that's comic book related, but these just look like cheddar. Uh, Brad? Yeah, I was kind of left thinking, huh? Why? Who who does this benefit? Um, I, <laughs> this kind of marketing used to work maybe back in the 80s. Uh, it just doesn't. It falls flat now. I think. Um, you know, it's, it kind of remind me of like the the pie ads you would see in the back comics back in the day. Uh, it, it just seems silly and there's not they're not characters that anybody knows so why would anybody want to go and seek these out and read them i'm just not just not sure of what purpose that they that they serve so yeah i'm kind of kind of with you there on that it just seems a little i don't know like 
a bit of a waste. I'd rather see Jim Lee and Amanda Connor are doing other things than trying to promote yeah. a streaming service. Um, yeah, I mean, even though the art is I mean, good, why couldn't they have? Why couldn't they have gone with H Harley Quinn, B Booster Gold, O Orion characters yeah. that actually mean right. things to people? Yeah. Yeah. comics fans would pick them up as well and they could have one of harley's hyenas called max i mean what instead they have to create some random character you in this meeting steve <laughs> um, listen they should employ me um absolutely they should employ all of us because we are we are geniuses of the first order and legends in our own minds sorry brad i just had to agree with you because why not use characters that actually exist and mean something to people Urgh. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Well, what can you do? <laughs> um, now we're going to move on to some stories, kind of in an other uh, category. Uh, this is kind of a uh, cool little story here. Uh, we uh, learned that DC and Spotify are teaming up to create original narrative podcasts based on DC characters. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of this? This is really interesting. I think I'll definitely check it out. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't say I haven't heard of anything like this lately. I mean, there are a lot of narrative podcasts, but for this to be, you know, a, a DC-based, it, it sounds like it's going to be stories about Batman and Wonder Woman and it, content that is either based in previous comics or maybe original content in in any case it sounds really cool um and actually i have one of my friends maybe two or three years ago got into listening to old like 1940s radio show serials and he was like yeah it's awesome you just you're listening to the story you're really engaged like you don't even miss that there's nothing visual in front of you so if if this is that kind of a thing i think it's a good idea and i mean we're on a podcast right now it's it, people love podcasts it's it's just the thing to do right now so I, i'm excited about this steve what do you think you all know that i love audio dramas back in the late 80s early 90s um dirk mags as you know uh, created superman um, man of steel based audio dramas uh, the death and return of superman with doomsday and the cyborg superman and the three other uh, alternative supermans he did nightfall he did um the amazing spider-man and the fantastic four now he's doing sandman with neil gaiman and the fact that spotify something i use every single day of my life is teaming up with dc to create audio adventures with my favorite comic book characters um again another piece of outstanding news which could have been tailor-made for this strange british chap who sits and talks to you every week i, I could not be happier this is fantastic it's like i remember when they first touted the audio dramas i've mentioned today and when they did the star wars ones when they expanded the original star wars empire strikes back in return of the jedi in audio form with with all the characters but story elements that weren't in the films like seeing luke make his lightsaber that they were touted as the greatest movies you've never seen because you've got all the characters all the special effects and you're only limited by the sounds you hear and what you see in your mind's eye when you hear those sounds if they get some great character actors to play these roles oh damn i'm gonna have to get 
every single episode of these. I cannot wait. I'm really in line for my Audible subscription to get Sandman. Oh, fantastic. I am the happiest man in the world, apart from a couple of bits of stupid news, which I can ignore and flush down my lavatory of hate, um, because this kind of stuff just makes me want to dance. Brad, what did you make of this news, my brother? Yeah, this is really, uh, really cool. And I think it it makes sense. I think that um, there's kind of always been a tradition for audio dramas for superhero characters going back to The Shadow. And I, th- I think there there has been like a Superman audio drama back in the day and things like this. So I think it's uh, a fitting medium for him. And uh, and and recently there's been a couple of Wolverine um, narrative podcasts that have been really well received. So yeah, I think this absolutely makes sense Good. and it's so cool. Uh, I, yeah, I'm super psyched for this. Although I, I I don't have a Spotify subscription, but this may have to change that. Um, I, I use Apple Music, but if the if the content is going to be that cool because i know that i'm super excited for the sandman on audible i can't can't wait for that and uh you know they're talking about original narrative podcasts but i i think it would kind of be cool if they could try to adapt some of dc classic stories like a, an audio drama of crisis on infinite earths or uh you know we're saying killing joke you know in watchmen things like that how cool would that be if they could somehow somehow pull that off i know that wouldn't necessarily be the easiest thing with crisis but identity crisis i think would make a very cool uh audio drama if they could adapt it so yeah i think there's a lot of yeah i think there is a lot of opportunity uh for this that they could really have some cool stuff on their hands here so yeah i uh i can't wait to see what they do with this i'm kind of you know i'm i'm excited and um Another news in the other category about collectibles this time. Uh, DC Collectibles division is switching from Diamond to four new distributors, and this should not be a surprise to anybody. Kelly, what do you think about this? Yeah, not not a surprise. Um, huh, so this, this is how Game of Distributors is ending, and Diamond did not luck out. Although, I'm, I think we talked about last week that um you know it's it's nice that they're at least continuing kind of a I I wouldn't I don't know if you would call it a long form temporary relationship because they're they're still going to be working together at least to get comic books out for several months so it's you know I I think it's a good idea to have multiple distributors in the mix I think that DC is probably doing something something worthwhile in the sense that these other distributors are now getting a chance to be closer to the forefront because before it was a lot of, you know, just purely diamond. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a surprise and uh, yeah. Sorry. Diamond. Steve? It, it was a strange one because the one thing that I did feel speaking to, um, comics retailers and, uh, and being in touch with many over here is that they feel a little bit of solidarity with the retailers in the USA because a lot of the smaller ones who the only way they could get them is because Diamond had this huge network that can get to more out of the way places and, and get the stuff to them on time. Whereas these new distributors, apparently they're trying to um, get stuff to areas and to stores um, 
10, 15 times more than their nat natural and normal distribution rates. And now when you're doubling a distribution rate, yeah, that might be doable with the right um, logistics, but 12 to 15 times um, is a pretty tough ask. And I do feel for a lot of the stores, and there are some stores in the States that are actually boycotting DC titles, and that isn't going to do anybody any good. And obviously I was panicking here because obviously, oh, damn, I'm on the other side of the world. Does this mean that my comic book stores won't be able to get DC? But apparently Diamond UK is a completely separate company. They've already signed the deals internationally. We'll still be getting DC Comics. However, rather than getting them every Tuesday for release on Wednesday like we used to, we're only going to get two shipments a month and we're still going to be releasing comics on Wednesday rather than Tuesdays when you guys get them. But... The good news is I don't care. So I'll go to the comic shop twice a month rather than weekly. Um, we're still going to be getting DC Comics. We're not going to be getting them on the Tuesday. We're going to be getting them on the Wednesday. But, hey, that's what I've got the digital review copies for to keep me tidied over until I can hold those wonderful, beautiful four-color pieces of magic in my hot little hands. So I saw it coming. We've all been saying Diamond's been ruling the roost for far too long. But as long as it means people can still get their stuff – as long as it means retailers aren't suffering because this whole COVID-19 thing has made them suffer enough, then I'm happy. If it ends up causing more heartache, oof, it's a double-edged sword. So, yeah, it's it's a tricky situation. What did you make of it all, Brad? Yeah, I I, I, I come to this from the, the mindset of a fan, and I, I just want customers and i want the shops to be able to get the product into the customer's hands and you know this all this talk about who's distributing what seems to be muddying the waters and it's a very tricky time for that to happen when so many retailers are on shaky ground so it's not surprising that this happened uh, I, I i guess I, i'm just kind of hoping that the dust will settle soon and we'll get an idea of how this is all, uh, how this is all going to work. Uh, I, I still think, in a, in, in a slight way, we're still in an unknown territory. So, you know, we'll see. But this certainly didn't didn't come to uh, come as a shock to me. And we've got one more story, and it is that Aquaman is coming to Fortnite. So uh, a lot of Fortnite fans should be, uh, and DC fans should be happy about that. Uh, Kelly, what was your take on this? Well, I mean, I don't play Fortnite, but it's the Jason Momoa Aquaman, and you guys know I love Jason Momoa, so I might have to. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, and it, it's funny because looking at the picture, like this is purely Jason Momoa Aquaman like this they they didn't even try to cover that part up um so yeah I this this looks really cool and I think if I were to get into Fortnite which uh I mean me and my boyfriend have been avoiding that because apparently it's it's sort of a slippery slope and you just disappear into it and don't come out for a while and I just can't afford to do that so I mean maybe this might be the push that I needed Steve what'd you think 
Look at the cute little Aquaman. Oh, he's so cute. He's like the perfect combination of the Jason Momoa and the Brave and the Bold cartoon show Aquaman, isn't he? It's fantastic. Uh, well, listen, they already added Batman and uh, so many other characters as well. The, the, the Catwoman, Harley Quinn. So they needed to get um, the King of the Seven Seas on there as well. Again, I'm not a video game guy, but apparently Fortnite is one of these things that it's free people are going crazy about it and um if they get dc characters involved as well fantastic but i have heard as well like you said kelly that once you start playing this game it will take over your life <laughs> brad what do you think of cute little aquaman <laughs> I don't play a lot of Fortnite either, even though I, I, I am a bit of a gamer. Um, it, it, it's not as story driven as I normally like, but uh, it, it, it does make sense to include Aquaman now because uh, the, the season of Fortnite is water based. So it makes sense to have Aquaman now because they have had Harley Quinn. Uh, in the game before and Batwoman and our Batman and Catwoman were have been in the game so if they're switching to a water theme then it, Aquaman makes perfect sense and I think that Jason Momoa is kind of Aquaman in everybody's mind now he's changed that character so much from the Super Friends days that I think that that's how I Oof. people you know people see him now so as Aquaman so I think that that that's that made perfect sense yeah, so yeah, I think um, yeah, I, I think fans should be happy with this, and uh, you know, my limited exposure to Fortnite seems like this is a, some of this is a pretty cool thing. And with that, we wrap up yet another episode of the DC Comics News uh, podcast. Uh, I've been your host uh, Brad Flicky, and with me has been uh, Kelly Gaines and Steve J. Ray. Uh, Kelly, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Um, you can find me on our other podcast, Mad Love the Harley Quinn cast, um, as well as doing opinion and editorial pieces for DC Comics News, and also on Twitter at KelGainesWrite. And Steve, where can people find you? Again, um, on the podcasts on this wonderful network of ours and writing news, reviews and interviews across both DC Comics News and our sister site, Dark Knight News as well. The easiest way to read all of that cool shiz is to do a search for Steve J. Ray in the engine of your choice. And please, please, please talk to me about this show and all the others we make. Talk to me about comics. Talk to me about anything that makes you happy on Twitter at L Steve E L underscore S T E E V O. What about you, Brad Meister? Uh, you can find me writing news and reviews with DC Comics News. Uh, you can also hear me talking Harley Quinn and the Mad Love uh, podcast. And on this fine podcast that you're listening to now, you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And as for DC Comics News, you can follow us on all social media uh, at DC Comics News. And uh, please listen and subscribe to this podcast. Tell us what you think, as well as the other podcasts in our network, uh, the Mad Love Podcast, uh, Spinner Rack, uh, I Am The Night. Uh, 
you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. So uh, drop us, like I said, drop us a line. Tell us what you think. And uh, until next week, we like to uh, to end by saying a phrase that everybody should uh, should listen to. And that is to read more comics. Have a good week, everyone.